Good everybody. Uh, I am here with New Zealand para athlete Kurt Peterson. Hello there. How are you, everyone? And Kurt and I are in Long Beach, California, for the um, World Triathlon Para Cup event um, in Long Beach here, and uh, we'll, we'll have a week in this location. And the purpose of that week was basically to go through a lot of training and um, on-course skills to help Kurt um, on race day and uh, and, and beyond. And uh, because this is basically probably his first big para event, and so we really wanted to make sure that he was um, lining up with um, you know the best uh, understanding of the of, of the intricacies of of, of sport and uh, a good awareness of the course, etc. So um, it's it's certainly we're here. Uh, I'm recording this at the end of the camp, and um, it's been a fantastic week. And we'll go into a little bit more detail. Um, on each day uh, in the in the uh, in the recordings that will come after this introduction, um, and I won't um, ruin any secrets or ruin the story, keep people in suspense for what happens. But one thing I really want to say is uh, a big thank you to two very very generous people, um, Jim Lubinsky from Tower 26 and Cindy Kramer, uh, one of his athletes. Um, so I'll come clean. Um, coach made a mistake. When when we left Auckland and uh, and I forgot to I forgot I packed Kurt's bag up and I forgot to put the rear wheel in the bag and so we got to LA and um, went through the bag and a rear wheel was missing and I've travelled all over the world and I've never forgotten anything significant and the first time Kurt and I come away to a race I've forgotten a wheel so I was absolutely devastated thinking that I've ruined his race so. I was searching high and low, and I kept this quiet off social media because I didn't really want it to become a focus for the for for, for the week. Um, you know, we were dealing with a lot to try and get this sorted. I, I reached out to uh, a good friend, Jim Lubinsky, and he was uh, he's got an enormous triathlon community here in LA, and he found someone who had a, who has a 650c. Uh, 88mm deep rear wheel and uh, Cindy and Cindy was kind enough to lend Kurt this wheel which honestly 650c wheels are very very hard to come by uh, they're very very specific very unique and basically in LA there was only one person who had one and um, Cindy was the person so without Cindy and Jim um, this this race would not have happened and um, you know it just it just goes to show the the depth of generosity in this triathlon community worldwide. Um, you know, people come to New Zealand and we're more than happy to lend out equipment to people that have um, have missed something and it's no big deal to us. But when we're when we when you're the one who's forgotten something and requires people to give uh, a piece of their own equipment to you, it's incredible and incredibly humbling when you feel that generosity. So um, before you know, it was I felt it was really important just to explain what had happened um, and to thank the people that helped us um, get to the start line. So, without further ado, we'll uh, crack into the um, descriptions of day by day. Good everybody. I am currently sitting outside Long Beach Marina. California, United States of America. Got Kurt Peterson next to me. Hello, Kurt. How are you? 
Wonderful, Rob. Can't be better. Kurt, tell us why are we here? So we're here for a qualification event in Long Beach on Friday the 14th is race day, and we've got about five days of preparation to acclimatise, get some, some testing done, get some training done, and really learn the course as much as we can. Take, take us back. What's qualification for? What are, we, what are we trying to qualify for? We're trying to qualify for the Paralympics 2024. And um, for people who, who aren't sure, the, the uh, window just opened on the 1st of July this year for qualification. Basically, that runs from July the 1st, 2023 to July the 1st, 2024 for Paralympics. And if you're in the top eight in the world by the end of that calendar window, we are effectively in the Olympics. Uh, what's the significance of this Olympics in particular? This one is important in particular due to the fact that there has been no other Kiwi in, in history to qualify for the Paralympics in paratriathlon. So we're trying to be a bit of a trailblazer and be the first one to actually break that route and put New Zealand on the map. So you're you're the man. You're you're you're, you're it. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying. I'm trying. There is there is also one other one. Uh, Melissa. Oh, sorry, Maria Williams, who is uh, also trying to do it. She's a Wellingtonian, and she's in the PS PLVI. So for Everyone's sort of doing at 
races and then we have to try and finish 25% off that at worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, I've got to say, it's, uh, age group and elite level triathlon is tough enough, but when you add all the all the elements of the power try and the classification um, rules and the point structure, it's just just adds a whole new limit to it, whole new level. So we're at currently at the moment we're we're uncertain as to exactly what classification you will be. You'll either be an PTS four or PTS three. Level of impairment will dictate that, and um, and the difference between the two categories is quite a lot in terms of race time, performance time. So obviously it's preferred if you're a PTS three, but if you're a PTS four, then we'll race as a PTS four, and we will we will go 100% for that. And uh, yeah, and it'll be um, it'll be what it is. And the cool thing is, Kurt, is that uh, you. Your training has gone really, really well in the last couple of weeks. I think everything's stepped up a notch. We've um, figured a few things out, and um, you know, it's, I think I think we can almost go into this with a clean slate because even though it's not your first international event, I think this is the one that you actually prepared really well for, and, and we're specifically targeting by getting here early enough, checking the course out, dialing into the equipment, um, talking tactics, talking uh, technique around a lot of a lot of things. Um, so it's going to be really exciting. Yep. So we we've just had a look at the had a look at the beach. Uh, we don't really know much about the course at this stage. We'll come back later on in in another recording with a little bit of information on that. But first things first is the water looks pretty flat, pretty sheltered. Yep. Looks like it could possibly be quite a long run from the water's edge to transition, which I think would be great for you. Yep. Um, and uh, it's pretty warm. <laughs> She's pretty warm. It's a big, it's a big uh, difference from Auckland where we left. You know the rainstorms and things. It was always constant, constant rain or threatening rain. Come here to a little bit of an overcast sky, which I think will be great for a morning swim if it carries on in the mornings like this uh, for, for the race on Friday. But at the same time, once once the actual sun peeks through, it's absolute glorious sunshine here, and it's I think about 25, 26 degrees is kind of what we're Expecting in the afternoons, but hopefully the morning will be a little bit cooler. Therefore, the uh, temperature of the water will be kind of around about 19 degrees, which suits me incredibly well. I think. Yeah, and uh, we haven't really seen much of the bike course. We're going to go for a jog shortly and check that out. Um, hope to find part of it. But the quite exciting thing is, as both petrol heads that we are, I think I think we're actually where the Long Beach Indy Car Race takes place. We've seen markings on the road which would indicate it's a street circuit. Uh, so that's quite exciting. Very exciting. Very <laughs> exciting. Love it. Absolutely love the Long Beach Circuit. It's just fantastic. Always part of a amazing um, part of the calendar when, when it's a spectacle when you watch it on Sky in New Zealand. It's always right up there. Don't do any donuts on your bike, please. Well, I'll, I'll try not to get lost on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll check back in later on in a couple of days. Some updates on training as we get close to the race. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. So Kurt, we're here two days into uh, our trip um, in Long Beach, and um, how have things been going? It's been pretty fine and dandy, to be honest, Rob. Uh, incredible weather. A bit of a heat wave over here. Gorgeous woman, gorgeous weather. Can't go wrong. It hasn't been uh, as hot as I would expect, and I don't know if you felt it particularly bad, but um, 
I know the weather's forecast to get worse as the week goes on, but well, the, the heat's forecast to get worse as the, week, as the week goes on. But have you felt it been pretty particularly hot? Only in afternoon, to be fair, Rob. Um, morning, when the race is actually scheduled, is actually very much almost like a New Zealand kind of a temperature, and there doesn't seem to be no no rains, no no um, just a nice marine layer as they say over here, um, and a little bit of a fog layer. So I think in terms of the race plan, we should be really good in good shape. Yeah, because we've done some workouts around that eight. 8.30, 9am time and the marine layer is still, still present so it's still reasonably cool um, and with your race starting at um, uh, 10 past 7 it should be actually pretty cool for you during the race which is great. So what have we done um, since our previous recording? Well obviously we, we did a run on the first day but um, second day and today what have we done? So today we've done a, a good little mock. Take a fact, what did we do yesterday? Went to the pool. We went to the pool. <laughs> that's right. First thing in the morning, um, and, and did a, a really good speed session, where I did I think it was ten sprints of uh, twenty-five meters, and then we basically had a ten-second break, and then there was a little bit of a a chill for four hundred meters of kind of quiet, uh, quiet. Freestyle, and then from there we went to another ten dabs of basically um, twenty-five meters as fast as possible, and only a five-second break, which was a real intense challenge at the end of it. Mm. So that was good. The twenty-fives we were targeting to, to go under twenty-five seconds for each one, and for all of them you're hitting between twenty, twenty-one, and twenty-five seconds per twenty-five. And the, the first 10, we were going on the uh, 35 second send off, and the second 10, we were going on the 30 seconds. So I think out of that session, you gained a huge amount of confidence. And that was in um, just in core shorts, it wasn't in a wetsuit. Um, later on that day, what did we do? We went for a run. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the beach. <laughs> went to the beach. Oh, that's right. We did a, a nice little swim around. We did practice a lot on uh, entries and exits. And I think for me that was that was really important uh, just to work on the race skills, just to sort of know in my head how just little tiny things to make the process just so much easier, and so that I have a, a real good race plan, a solid race plan that I can kind of execute on the day, and then I can just sort of study for the next couple of days to really just fine tune it as best as possible. Yeah, and um, there were some good some good takeaways from that session that um, I think you probably learnt a few things, changed the technique a little bit about removing the wetsuit, some of your, in, some of your uh, swim exit strategies have, have been worked on a little bit, so um, I, I think that's going to be a, a really good improvement for you for the race. Um, what, uh, so what are we doing today? What's today's workout been? Today's been really interesting, so we went out for another swim this morning, and it was really close to the time that we would actually do the race so that it was good for temperature but also visibility and making sure that we, we didn't have any um, you know, sunrise issues across the water also seeing what the current's going to do and that was really interesting so we kind of set up a bit of a, a mock uh, course around two to three boys or uh, two boys and then to the beach and kind of did a bit of a, a bit of pace work to kind of see where we were 
um, compared to where we should be, and we kind of doubled it. We've got a 300 meter, 350 meter circuit, and then from there we were we want to obviously double that to 750. Yeah, and uh, I think you found a new level of speed yeah. from that. You, you certainly swam that faster than you swam um, previously, so um, that was really encouraging. It was the water was nice and flat, quite cool. So uh, even though the air temperature is quite warm, the water is pretty cool, and um, uh, which is great because wetsuits will be legal, which is going to be a, a, well. I think they might be legal all the time in Paratri, but um, certainly going to be <coughs> certainly wearing a wetsuit anyway. We know that much, and um, and visibility wasn't too bad either. Yeah, and I think the one big takeaway that I've really learned and improved on while I've been here is just looking up every fourth stroke and making that the norm and being able to keep on course. I remember my previous race in Busselton, I actually got a little bit lost and I was at points swimming to the wrong voice. So I think uh, just taking a bit of time and, making, and adjusting and making sure we were, we were doing the right uh, right boy, but also making sure we're not deviating at all, ideally, uh, just going to make sure we keep a lot quicker and make that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was really, really good to... Um Sort of see that those skills come on, come along. Um, okay, then what did we do after that? So in the afternoon, there was a. She was pretty hot, um, but we did some sprints along the. Uh, they went sprints. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so a race pace effort. Race pace, four minute k um, effort along the Long Beach Boulevard. Yeah, just along the the the, the walking track, bike track, bike track that goes along the beach. And um, yeah, I found it really interesting. Um, with with the heat, obviously, was a bit of a bit of a factor towards the end, but we were able to keep uh, pace with Rob, and it's really good to have a, a coach that can keep up with you and and basically push you along. Um, haven't really had that sort of thing before, so you've almost got a training partner alongside you as well, which has just made been a real beneficial to the training. But uh, the running went really. Um, really well, and just trying to give yourself that little bit of recovery, three minutes recovery in between uh, two minutes stints at race pace at four minute k's, which I'm trying to basically see how that feels, and then trying to replicate that for at least two, the first two to three k's of the five um, k uh, dash at the end of the race. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a couple of good things from that session. One was we removed our shirts, so it was a shirts off session which is always a, a great thing in race week because you can um, get a good tan, get a bit of fresh air on the skin, uh, look kind of pro, and that was fun. Uh, and also we saw a couple other people that were also racing the Paratri event, so made sure, I made sure Kurt was um, looking really fast and, and strong and powerful uh, when we went past them in the opposite direction, just, just, <clears throat> just so they know that the man has come to town <laughs> and they better be ready. Like him out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was a that was a really really beneficial day. I came away as a coach, came away from that day, looking at it and thinking, yep, Kurt's training has has gone really really nicely up to this point, and this week, as race week is, seems to be a little bit lower volume, but um, really high in terms of skill and race preparation, and um, it's um, it's it's really playing out nicely. And I've, I've sort of seen a new level come out of Kurt just in this week. Um, one other thing that. Um, Kurt's been really good at doing is he's a real systems-based guy. So Kurt, tell us a little bit about your notes and how many points you've identified as being things you need to be aware of during the race. So I kind of wrote down from sort of, I guess, the start of race morning all the way.
you remember in my mind, now I, I can't imagine I'll be able to remember all 73, but if I can just kind of just remember the, the process and I'm thinking about certain aspects of the race and doing the, act, the, uh, the actual physical parts of it, if I can just remember, right, I just can remember uh, things, for example, you know, climbing out of the seat on the cycle when you're going up a hill, making sure you're in the right, the right gear for, for the speed that I need to be going, looking at um, the road, making sure that I need to, uh, there's a bit of a rise, I need to come down a gear or so, but just being really mindful of certain things, and um, it, it's a bit of a game changer in the sense of where we were when we went into Bustleton. It was very much, everything was preparation last minute. Uh, the course wasn't uh, set up until race morning, and you kind of, I learned all the rules for paratriathlon the night before, so I was prepping out and um, having a bit more experience having Rob there to sort of go through a lot of aspects of it which I had never really thought of, uh, it just can makes my mind a lot more at ease and the focusing on process after process and then the results can come. Yeah. That's um that's a real good takeaway for people listening to this that, you know, those systems and writing down notes and, and just giving you something to read over and remember is so important because how many times have we been in a race and and you've you've done something, you know, you, something stupid and you, you thought yourself, well, I, you know, I, I knew I shouldn't have done that, but it just wasn't something that was imprinted in your brain. Um, so, so basically what Kurt's doing here is playing out the race on paper. He'll use that as visualisation prior to the race, and the nights, you know, days and nights of the race, and then on race day he'll execute it because it'll be familiar to him and it'll be nothing new. So, um, yeah, we're checking out now. This is, so today is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. So Tuesday, yeah. So race day Friday, so we've got Wednesday, Thursday to go. Um, we'll come back later on with a little bit more of an update. Thank you. So here we are, Kurt. We're race eve, two days from our previous recording. Um, what's happened in the last couple of days? The training has buttoned off a little bit, but um, we've done a lot of practice towards race skills, which has been, I think, really handy. Lights of transition, ins and outs of um, the ocean, also a few little things to do with just running techniques and things when we're getting tired, just to really put all these little points together so that I can go, all right, it's going to nail one thing at a time and uh, just follow the process. Yeah, we did a really good run session where we built um, through a series of intervals and the last the last section had a uh, had, had a hard interval in the start, the first one, and a little sprint at the end and, and you cope pretty well with that, so that sort of stimulates um, of what I think you might experience on race day. So you went through that really well. So uh, that, was, that was a great great little workout for you. Um, and other than that, it was a pretty, uh, pretty low-key day for you. Um, what, have we, uh, what have we done today? So today's been quite interesting. We've done a, a bit of a uh, cycle circuit, particularly of what the, what the circuit for the cycle is going to be. It was a little bit slower than I was um, hoping, but at the same time, it was basically everyone was conjoined together, and it was like a rolling. Um, uh, what would you call it? Oh, it was a rolling blockade, basically. It was pretty cool because they they were the the group had to stick between the front uh, behind the front car and ahead of the, the trail car, and we stick that as a blob, and they basically closed the road as we went, and it was just to uh, get ourselves familiar with the we'll get Kurt familiar with the circuit, um, and like Kurt said, it was slower than. And we'll be on race day, but it actually gave a lot of opportunity to see, um, uh, you know, obstacles in the road 
Um, what, what did you think about the road surface? What was the thing that jumped out at you at the most? There was a, a few different aspects. One, in certain areas, it's incredibly smooth. It's a lot smoother than what you'd find in New Zealand roads. And um, when it's in the flat areas, it's going to be really slick and fast. However, there were certain areas where there's lots of cracks on the road we have to be a bit mindful of. And then also, I think just before the, the big bridge, which is the highest point of the circuit, there was a big change in surface, which was a huge um, lump. You basically couldn't get around it along the whole surface of the, of the road. So that's something to be mindful of, but also being very mindful of little cracks or little holes around the place, which um, can really trip you up and give you a quick puncture and ruin your race day. Yeah, um, I thought the road surface was, because um, it's concrete-based, it was it was um, a really hard, fast surface, but like Kurt said, there was a lot of cracks and, and divots in it, um, in the pavement, but compared to a New Zealand chip seal, um, this feels really fast. Uh, and it's just a matter of avoiding those bumps and cracks and um, navigating around that. But for the most part, I, I, I actually feel this, this road surface is pretty quick. So um, we'll, we'll throw a bit more air in these tyres, um, and I reckon you'll be humming along pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what do we do after that? Oh, no, well, one, one thing I want to point out is, as a bit of a bike nerd, I was, I was absolutely blown away by the level of technology in, in these para tri races, you know, having been down around age group triathlon um, a lot, and uh, sort of seeing the development of technology in, in the age group, is these um, these para athletes just take it to another level. And uh, there was some incredible innovation around adapting a bike to suit someone who, who maybe is has a partial limb um, amputation, or um, you know has, has to modify the bike to fit around their impairments. And, and I was just blown away by the level of technology and the money that was put in behind these bikes. Some of these tandems for these um, for these blind athletes is incredible. So, um, yeah, and these are some high-powered athletes. You know, some of these athletes look like complete rocket ships. And in fact, um, one of the guides for one of the American athletes, who I think is probably one of their top medal prospects for Paris Olympics, is Ben Hoffman, Ironman athlete and uh, professional Ironman athlete, and been on the podium multiple times in Kona. So. That's the level of athlete that Kurt's racing up against, and um, you can really see that filtering through the technology as you go down through these uh, through these categories. Slightly daunting. Yeah, <laughs> it was, but you have you have big fat wheels on. You know, your your wheels look look dope as. So <laughs> I reckon um, I reckon your bike looks perfectly in place. But yeah, there was uh, it was it was pretty cool to see how serious. Of course, these guys are taking it seriously, but but it, it actually is a very very high level elite level competition. Um, and everyone's bringing their A game, so um, we're, we're, we'll, we'll come away from this race with, with some knowledge as to what the standard is at, and I've got some ideas about how we can bring Kurt up to that level in terms of equipment, uh, etc. So after the bike, what do we do? Just on a quick side note, I, when I was actually cycling around on the um, on the actual circuit doing the, the wrecking, I thought it was actually quite amazing if someone could film us going around this whole blockade of all of these paratrides. I think that would be pretty inspiring to see people with, you know, everyone all together in one thing, one uh, short, yeah. It's just blown away. You mm. know, it would inspire a whole range of people when we were going around the streets of Long Beach. You know, it was, it was really neat. Um, but after that, we didn't have... Oh, well, yeah, in saying that, I, I, was, I was riding next to a Spanish guy who has one arm and he was riding along beside me on the Zerobars and we were chatting away. Um, and... We went up a slight incline, and I sort of looked ahead, uh, and I looked back at him, and all of a sudden he was on his bullhorn. 
and and it just struck me that this guy went from his Erebus to his in an Arab position to his bullhorn. He's got one arm, and we're going up a hill. You know that's not game. Yeah, that, 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 these these athletes are supreme athletes. That takes a lot of balance, a lot of skill, a lot of strength. Very high tune. Yeah, so that was that was impressive to to, to be around, and and as a as an able-bodied athlete, I come I come away from that going, crikey, these 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 people have really really um, ticked every box they can. So yeah, that was that was cool. Uh, what were we gonna say? So the next thing we did was a bit of a swim uh, recce, and it was it was quite interesting. So what we've been doing with me and me and Rob the last uh, few days before this is we've been doing a, a course of probably around about 350 metres, and just just for the boys that are currently there, but they've extended it to their um, the, um, actual race course, and it's basically one big U that we're doing, and so the first boy was, I think, 350 metres out, and then you had to do a, uh, three boys across, and then coming back by uh, different colour boys, and um, it was quite interesting. We're hoping that the afternoon made it a little bit more choppier. Um, than what it's, what it's going to be like in the morning, because it was a little bit choppier once you sort of got out of the shelter of the bay um, early on in the swim. It was quite noticeable, and I kind of struggled a little bit with just uh, getting a little bit more, uh, breathing in a lot more uh, seawater and things that I hadn't really experienced in all my other, other training sessions here. So for me, it was quite um, interesting, and, and my pace kind of slowed uh, considerably as I sort of got into the rougher water inside. I didn't really understand what that was, but uh, Rob noticed that my, my stroke had sort of shortened up, so it's something to sort of look at for tomorrow and try and improve and try to keep in my head while I'm going um, further out, whether it's choppier or not, um, just to make sure my consistency of my arm strokes are all the way and therefore keep the pace throughout the whole the whole uh, 250 metres. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite a challenging swim, and I don't know if my GPS was off, but it measured quite long, quite a lot longer than 750. Um, Schedule 1100. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got 1.1k, 1. 1 and a few of the other people around us sort of remarked that it, it was long for them as well. So I oh know it's um, it, it's it's going to be a pretty challenging swim. But um, after that, obviously we did a bit of mucking around, um, and then we went down to race briefing, didn't we? Yeah, there was a bit of checking in of gear and things like that first, uh, waiting in line. Where you know you're actually rubbing shoulders with all these people, and it's really actually first time all week actually talking to them and kind of uh, getting to know their stories, but also, you know, seeing the technology, obviously the competition, and so it was quite mind-blowing, you know, we've basically done our whole week almost, it feels like in isolation, because we've only seen the odd one here and there, but they're obviously, they're all in here when it comes to the serious stuff, and, um, you know, see your competition and understand and, and sort of see uh, how you're placed and what your what your race, race game is compared to them, it's quite, a, quite an interesting thing. Yeah, um, race briefing was pretty straightforward. Eh? There was nothing, nothing too unusual there. Pretty similar uh, to what I dealt with in uh, Muscleton. Obviously, the, the course had changed. You know, obviously that, that's always going to be the case. But um, and also where the transition is and things like that, and how the route to get the transition. So all those specific things are always really good to kind of keep in mind and understand specifically how that works because that's the crucial thing. Everything else is pretty. Pretty standardised, and I think that's one of the really cool things about um, World Triathlon is that they try and keep the, all the big general stuff all the same, so it's the same standard all the way through, which I think for 
Muscleton for me was a real uh, struggle to get my head around before my first race because I had to learn all these things the night before. And then I had to go, oh, actually, I've also got to go faster than I've ever done before. And um, that was pretty nerve-wracking and trying to avoid all the penalties. Whereas this time coming into it, I've had a lot of chats to Rob um, leading into it, and I feel a lot more confident around that side of it. And um, so it's just the race specifics that I need to really work on. Yeah, I, I kind of see it as Busselton, we can, we can wipe off the slate because it was a real test to see where things are at, see if, if, if Kurt's going to take this, this Paralympics um, quest seriously, which he is now. So I sort of see this race tomorrow as being um, the first race on, on the campaign. You know, we're, we're now within the qualifying window. Um, we've got 12 months to try and gather as many points as we can over the best three races. Um, you know, this is the first race that you've got. And, you know, come into it with your eyes wide open and, and just get ready to uh, do your absolute best. And, you know, you might you might get your ass handed to you, but then you might hand some asses to people. So mm-hmm. we'll just see what happens. We've really got no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm so confident now from where we were a week ago uh, in terms of in terms of Kurt's ability and skills, speed, just general awareness of the race, attitude, um, level of... Um, you know his his his, uh, his motivation levels and uh, his ability to deal with um, rapid changing situations. Um, I, I think this week's been so valuable, and I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. I think it's going to be a, a great experience. Um, I'm just hoping for a trouble-free day, which I'm, I'm confident we've got everything lined up. It's going to be good. So we'll check back in after the race. I might I might do a recording mid-race actually, see how things go. <laughs> but otherwise, we'll we'll check back in after the race. <laughs> How'd your day go there, Kurt? Not the greatest. <laughs> Tell us about it. So I feel the uh, the swim was the swim was not too shabby, not as as ideal as I'd wanted, but the pace wasn't too bad. Um, nice long strokes. Transition um, onto the cycle was was very good. That was something me and Rob have been working on um, all week here, and it, it really uh, came up trumps. And then I got onto the onto the cycle, and unfortunately there's a there's a bit of a bump, and I uh, came along. I made a slight wrong turn on the second second lap. Pace was not too shabby. We we're kind of 34, 35 k's an hour at, at times um, on on the flat. Sometimes a little bit higher, and all was looking good. And then effectively we uh, had a bit of a hit, hit the bump. I was coming trying to go. A little bit quick went on the um, should have probably been on the, the bullhorns uh, as opposed to being on the aero bars. Hit this bump, came down and and slid out and went on the side. And unfortunately, uh, the chain came off. I was trying to do that, but the uh, the twain, chain actually twisted on itself, so we lost probably about six to seven minutes. Uh, I think in, in that in an accident there, um, just a bit of battle wounds and things, um, that <laughs> which is not uh, not ideal. Got back on. Um, I wasn't able to unfortunately change to the the main chain gear, so we've got a little bit of a, a gear issue. So that slowed us down a little bit on the on that final final lap. Um, then we came into uh, transition again, really good on transitions onto the, onto the run, and from there we we tried just pumping, and it wasn't. Uh, I think I was doing sort of 410, 415, 420 most of the splits and uh, the run felt really good, really emptied the tank in the last uh, 100 metres. So the run was as, as good to be expected, I could definitely 
you know, work a little bit more on that. But uh, basically, the main an issue that we have is we finished a little bit late, uh, later on. Uh, we finished, I think, one hour thirty, and effectively, if we were in the classification that I think we should be in in PTS three, we would have come second. Um, so it's something we need to sort of work on and, and try and really uh, try and get across the line because that would have been um, solid points towards getting um, uh, points towards Paris and building up. So basically, this as a PTS for athlete, this this race didn't gain you any points. Sadly, not. No, but as a PTS three athlete, which which um, which we firmly believe that you you should be um, once the classification has been confirmed, then that would have given you second place, yes. which is quite Massive. a different result, and that's, yeah. that would have been great points towards Paris. So 100%. yeah, so it's something to to work on, and uh, yeah, then we just move on to the next next event and. Uh, Look at the schedule and um, really look into what one is a classification event just so we can firmly figure out exactly where we're at. Good work, buddy. So, Kurt, here we are, a couple of hours post race. How are you feeling, buddy? Well, personally, I'm a little bit sore, a little bit banged up, and uh, yeah, a few bandages and, and just uh, coasting with a bit of um, girl rash. It's all good fun. But uh, you're in high spirit. And, and I think that's that's just a fantastic attitude to have. Um, let's let's go through some highs, lows, and learnings. What was the high? What? Well, there, there are numerous highs. So take us through the highs. Numerous highs. Well, I think our transition has improved tremendously on on both transition T1 and T2. Uh, I also have learned um, the swim speed has increased on on the swim in general. Um, and the running pace is slowly coming down um, in terms of time as well. Yep. Um, from, my, from my perspective, the high was this amazing weather. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, as mentioned earlier, the, the generosity of the triathlon community. Um, the high for me, one of the highs for me was Seeing the your fellow para athletes racing at their best, some of the best in the world doing what they do, and um, that was that was really really enjoyable to watch those their races, all categories, um, and also uh, just Long Beach, hang out in Long Beach, it's a cool place. I, I really like it. Um, tell us your lows. Um, so I think the biggest lows. It was uh, sliding um, on my ass, uh, well, side actually, along the, the road after hitting a, a pretty sizable bump between two different pass deals um, that they had on, on the uh, circuit. And basically I, uh, I hit it when I was on the final, final lap trying to go as fast as I possibly could. And uh, I had, that word, um, I was in the aero bars and hit it obviously just just slightly wrong and as I uh, came out off the other other side um, I effectively lost control and ended up on my uh, side sliding down the, the road um, and then I thought it would be pretty sufficient I found the gears uh, were a little bit uh, broken which I apologise for but um, 
the other thing is, yeah, I had to put the chain on and the chain somehow twisted on itself. So I, I kind of lost the six or seven minutes trying to, to fix that on the um, on the racetrack, which wasn't a wasn't a, which wasn't an ideal situation at all. Yeah, that's a that's a low. Um, lows for me was definitely seeing the, the disappointment in Kurt when when he came to the end of the bike. I realised something had had, had gone wrong, um, and just knowing that. I mean, I've been in that fight before with a crash, and just knowing that you, you go to do something and you're confident in how you're doing it, and then something happens, some small thing happens that totally derails the plan, and uh, it's just really hard to hard to take as an athlete, but it's hard to take as a coach as well because you know how prepared an athlete is, and you want them to be able to perform at their absolute best, and uh, when a piece of road jumps out of them, <laughs> it just seems like you weren't compatible to American roads. <laughs> unfortunately on this but this right. course. And but it was interesting the road surface wasn't great. Like there were a lot of a lot of cracks. I'm surprised more people didn't crash. Um I mean maybe they did but um yeah it was it was just it, it, I mean it's a fast course but it's also quite a quite an ugly course in terms of the road surface. Um the the other low for me was obviously the the, the incident with the wheel. Um that wasn't great. That was that was definitely a, a a big X on my my performance from the week, um, but yeah, I mean those are the things you, uh, you you put behind you and you find ways to work around, which we did. Um, give us the learnings. A lot of learnings, um, and I think a lot of it, a lot of them positive. Um, like we've had a, a massive week. We've really in, enjoyed the week here. We've done a lot of positive training uh, leading into it, and so it's a little bit of a shame. I guess with the, the result on how things uh, have effectively transpired um, time-wise, but it, you know we we got up, we had it, we had a a bail, and we got back up, and we did whatever we could to get back on there, and you know get back on your bike and keep smashing. Um, but I've really learned a lot of great techniques from from Rob. Just having having him here to sort of bounce off a lot of ideas, which I would have had a lot of anxiety around. Um, all these little points to basically manage your day from start to finish, um, and and things like you know a swim stroke and basically keeping it nice, cool, calm, selective, breathing out, and then you're breathing in as much oxygen um, to fill the lungs back up. Um, basically, little tiny things with transition that we could kind of make that transition so much smoother than I had in in Bustleton, um, and you know we were. We were, I don't think we were last in either of those. Uh, no, you had one of the you had some of the faster transitions, I think. Certainly, your second transition was. Yeah. So we were we're right up there and competitive with that, which made me feel um, really uh, confident that we we'd made some some solid progress. Um, and and just from basically how to approach the whole day from from the morning to all the way to the last uh, hundred meters, we kind of had a really good plan, which I hadn't really had in Bustleton. Um, and it's, it's something that I can now use that going forward and um, all these little te techniques can sort of fall in place and we just you know iron out the two two little issues. Um, the other little issue that I had, which I obviously <laughs> seriously learned, is obviously one, holding on to the, um, uh, coming into the bullhorn as uh, coming over big, biggish bumps or, or big changes in task field being maybe a little bit more aware, but also um, I, I made a, a bit of a cock up on um, 
before the final final lap, someone was coming into transition actually uh, transition a lap ahead of me in a different same race, in the same race, and um, I was was actually following him into transition until I thought, hang on, this isn't this isn't actually uh, the race course. I'm in a wrong 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 position, and then I had to do a quick U-turn to get back out and probably lost a, a minute there just turning around and, and obviously the momentum that goes with that. So. Just a lot, just a little bit more aware where I am on the on the circuit, and just being a little bit more aware in terms of um, just just a few more reference points. But I, I think from from where I was, you know, I think my fourth sprint triathlon um, ever. Just you know how how quick it is, and and I think the main thing is just doing everything deliberate, doing everything controlled and and fast, but not stressed to the point where you you're panicking and you miss certain things. And I think that has probably been my biggest learning is just doing everything deliberate and smooth. And, um, you know, I think next next triathlon, we'll, we'll use that as obviously uh, learning to work on that until we, our next one and um, improve, improve, improve. And that's, you know, all we can do. And even if we obviously had a great, great result here, we'd still be improving and learning. So um, onwards and upwards from here. Mm. Yeah, my learning was... Um I'm learning that the intricacies of the paratri classification system is vast, deep, and uh, seemingly um, constantly not changing, but very, very hard to navigate. Uh, and the system of clarifying classification is proven quite difficult, as we as we pointed out earlier. Um, we we believe that Kurt's probably in the wrong classification, but it's very, very difficult to find an event that has a classifier at that Kurt can get a start in, and despite having all the information that they require, we still are left with this uncertainty as to what race you should actually be in. But the encouraging thing, well, we we just keep moving forward, and we'll just just keep pushing to try and get some clarity on that. But you know, um, once we get that, and we Kurt and I firmly believe that in in the classification that we feel he should be in, he would be highly competitive, um, and and that's really what we want, and that's that's fair. Ha- having seen having seen with my my own eyes with the different different levels of impairment between the classifications, um, I can without trying to take bias out of it, I can still see that Kurt. Is, is in a classification too high. Uh, just when I compare him, impairment for impairment with the athletes in PTS4 versus the athletes in PTS3, uh, his level of impairment seems a lot closer to the threes and fours. So all we want is fairness and uh, and the best chance for her to get to the Paris Olympics. And I think that once we once we get that, I think this pathway will be a lot a lot clearer for us. But all we'll do is just keep moving on, look for the next race and. Uh, Go there armed with more knowledge from this week than we had before. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Please keep in touch with Kurt with his progress. It's, it's really exciting. Um, you know, going to be New, New Zealand's first Paralympic uh, para, para triathlete um, is a big deal, and um, it's not an easy task, and it's not a it's not a cheap task. So, if anybody out there is interested in getting behind Kurt. With some financial support, then get in touch with 
with uh, with us, and we'll put you in touch with Kurt. Um, every little bit will help, and it goes to one hell of a great cause and a great dude. <laughs> All right, we'll sign out. Thank you very much. We're going to do the uh, we're going to get some Long Beach IPAs. <laughs> you deserve a few. <laughs>